Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good morning. It is Friday, April 7th. It's five minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC inviting you to stick around for the whole hour. It's a big, big hour. But we're going to start talking about Joe Biden's administration blaming conditions created by Donald Trump. Isn't That's their mode of operation. Everything they do. Blame the guy before. Blame him. We inherited this. It's not our fault. Of course, we're talking about the chaotic withdrawal of American troops from Afghanistan in the summer of 21. There was this 12-page summary document that was released. And in the document, they don't admit to any mistakes. Something I would like to point out, of course, it was the Biden administration who called for the review. So, of course, their administration is going to do the review and they're not going to take any of the blame for it. Isn't that fascinating? He was president for seven months, had been president for seven months when that withdrawal took place. The number one job of the president of the United States is to be the commander in chief. You are the leader of the U.S. military above all else. You are the leader of the U.S. military. Why is Franklin Roosevelt considered one of the great presidents in American history? It wasn't for his domestic. His domestic was a disaster. It was that he won World War II. Whatever you want to say about Franklin Roosevelt, he was a phenomenal wartime president in the sense of doing what needed to be done to win World War II. And he is remembered as one of the great presidents in American history. Why is Lincoln remembered as one of the great presidents in American history? Because he won the Civil War. War. He could have done the Emancipation Proclamation or whatever else. If he'd have lost, would there be a monument to him in Washington, D.C.? Of course not. George Washington, why was he president to begin with? He won the Revolutionary War. The number one thing we remember presidents for. Isn't this fascinating? Above all else is how they do during wartime. And even let's take Ronald Reagan. What is he most remembered for? Winning the Cold War. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't even an actual war. Yeah. So the, the idea that the, for these Biden people to go, well, it's Trump's fault. Well, a bunch of things were in place and we didn't have any choice. Bull. Yeah. You always have a choice when it comes to foreign policy. And it wasn't like you had five days. You had seven months. If it was so bad, you should have come in there and said, we're not doing that. New regime in town. We're not going out this way. But it wasn't a disaster because of Trump. It was a disaster because of you. Okay, so they're saying that he inherited this deal that was struck between the previous administration and the Taliban. He didn't have a phone for seven months. He couldn't have renegotiated the deal. To say that it's the other guy's fault is just lazy. He could have done something himself to renegotiate any sort of terms. And by the way, Biden made the decision to withdraw. He even picked the exact date. That wasn't on Trump. He's responsible for all of the failures in planning and the execution. And they're citing intelligence that provided overly rosy projections. Look, Casey, you want to describe to everybody what I'm doing right yeah, now? You're, I'm you're multitasking. Mess- Our with camera the- is broke on the YouTube chat, and so I'm trying to get it up to... Oh, look at that. Look at what I just did. 
did. I'm not even the, sure if you could see me anymore at this point, Kev. Can you even see me? Let's see no. if I get up on a stool here if you can see me. Kev, how about now? Can you see me now? And I can see your hairline. <laughs> All right. Well, for those of you in the YouTube chat, you're getting quite the show over here as the camera is broke again. But while we fix the camera, uh, James Rosen, he used to be with Fox News. Now he's with, thank you, Casey. Just, just made go it, ahead. Made it worse. <laughs> Whatever, I'm trying. Uh, it'd be great if there was somebody from digital who could help us, but of course there's not. We're talking um, about something serious. Yeah, no, Rob. we absolutely are. So James Rosen of Newsmax used to be a Fox News. Uh, he blasts Kirby because Kirby, James Kirby, the spokesperson for Biden, had a press conference, and we played a big part of it in, in hour one. Just totally disgusting, where he tried to say, oh, there was no chaos. Biden's proud of the withdrawal. Proud. Uh, yeah, proud. Those Proud were, yeah. of the 13 Americans we, who were killed during we thought it went very well. Um, I mean, it was just really, really gross stuff. And uh, James Rosen of Newsmax took him to task. The depiction of the commander-in-chief that you present, or this commander-in-chief, is of a figure almost helpless and, and shaped and buffeted by individuals and forces uh, and entities that are beyond his control when he had every option to increase the troop size there during his eight months in office. He had every option to uh, intensify attacks on the 5,000 Taliban fighters and so on. So uh, was, I, I just don't understand why you're willing to depict uh, your boss, the commander in chief, as so helpless in this instance. The president was anything but helpless. Just, I, I just, I mean, the, at least somebody is willing to call these people out because, I mean, that is so just beyond gross that they don't feel any shame whatsoever. They don't feel any concern whatsoever. They're not embarrassed at all. And they're going to look you right in the eye and go, yeah, it went really well. We're really proud. 13 people died, mm-hmm. Casey. 13 American soldiers died. Mm-hmm. Along with approximately 170 Afghans, you had 11 Marines, one soldier, a sailor, and they're rejecting, completely rejecting the notion that it was chaotic. Not only rejecting that it was chaotic, but saying they were proud of how it ended. You remember the pictures, people grabbing onto that plane as it was taking off, soldiers passing babies up who mothers wanted their babies on that flight. That was chaotic. We also lost about $7 billion, billion with a B, dollars mm-hmm. worth of military hardware. And this is why when we are critical of the unlimited, never-ending spigot of money going for the uh, money laundering, I mean war, uh, in Ukraine. Uh, did I say money laundering out loud? out loud? I'm very sorry about that. I meant, I meant the war in Ukraine. One of the numerous reasons is because we have seen time and time again where either military hardware we give countries or we buy for countries ultimately ends up in the hands of really bad people and gets used against us. And in the case of Afghanistan, $7 billion with the B dollars worth of stuff. And this guy Kirby, he is so ridiculous. He says, well, it's not America's fault. It's the Afghans' fault. They're the ones who lost the hardware. In looking through this, it doesn't seem to address the $7 billion in military hardware and technology that was left in Afghanistan for the Taliban. You know, the president took office in January. The withdrawal happened in in August. Does the president take responsibility for for leaving all or some of that? You know who's responsible for that equipment? The Afghans. Mm. Because you know why? It was their equipment. First of all, I don't believe the number's accurate. 
but let's put the number aside, the $7 million. $7 million. Um, there was very little, and I mean very little, U.S.-owned equipment or U.S.-operated equipment that we left when we left Afghanistan. I'm talking like some forklifts at the airport um, and some ladder vehicles, some fire trucks uh, that we were using at the airport. But the, and the helicopters that we left there, all disabled, so the Taliban couldn't get them flying again. Whatever ground vehicles like uh, AMRAPs or Humvees, uh, they were all disabled at the airport. Everything else outside of that airport, the stuff that's at Bagram or you pick the base in Afghanistan was all turned over in according with a very elaborate, deliberate, retrograde plan that the U.S. military put in place to turn over all that stuff to the Afghan military. And the Afghan military, as I said in my opening statement, decided they weren't going to fight for their country, that they were just going to leave it behind. So it is the Afghans okay, okay, so, so, who are responsible. So he admits mm-hmm. this, this is the thing that many of us have been saying for 15 years now which is we never should have been over there doing that to begin with because these people clearly didn't want to fight. How many hundreds of billions of dollars of our money, of printed money, did we spend in that country? And how many lives were lost? And through president after president, be it uh, Bush or Obama or then Trump, we were essentially told, oh, you liberty and freedom people are out of control. You got to sit down and shut up because the future of democracy around the globe hangs in the balance and you want these people to be overcome. These people want liberty. They want freedom. They want to fight for their country. And you're denying them that by questioning the money we're giving them and the things we're giving them. Clearly, they don't because it almost never, ever works out when we get into this nation building bullcrap. So I'd like to at least thank John Kirby for admitting for the past 15 years, people like me have been exactly correct. And people like you, because it was bipartisan, it was Obama, it was Bush, it was Trump, were wrong that these people didn't want to fight for their freedom. And it was a colossal waste of time and resources. Yeah, so they're blaming Trump and then he blames the Afghans. And this wasn't the deal that we created will renegotiate go back in and did you hear kirby he's like well there's no equipment there well except for the trucks but that was it oh oh well and the cars and okay and the ladder and the helicopters oh oh and the humvees like it's absolutely nothing and he's saying they were all disabled like there's nobody smart enough to go back in there and enable them they can't turn them back on Donald Trump tweeted out, he said, these morons in the White House who are systematically destroying our country headed up the biggest moron of them all, hopeless Joe Biden, have new disinformation game they're playing, blame Trump for their grossly incompetent surrender in Afghanistan. I watched this disaster unfold just like everyone else. I saw them take our military first, give and, and Trump says it's $85 billion worth of military equipment, allow killing of our soldiers and leave Americans behind. Biden is responsible responsible and no one else all right let's take a break uh, we got a lot of voicemails casey people remain fascinated we've had a big old conversation the last couple of days about jury duty mm-hmm. about jury duty during covid yeah. about how to get you out of the jury duty <laughs> uh, we got a bevy of phone calls about that and then we got some other good really good phone calls on some other topics so let's uh, and then we got a very special guest coming up at the end of the show yeah so let's uh, let's take a break and let's get to some voicemails when we come back it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, 
and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. 20 minutes after 11, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We'll get to your voicemails in just a sec. Trending this morning, Michael J. Fox. He's opened up about his Parkinson's disease and also how he used alcohol to cope with his diagnosis. There's a new documentary out about him. It's called Still, a Michael J. Fox movie, and he traces back his life and career, especially in his uh, role in the Back to the Future movies. Of course, he was diagnosed with the brain disorder in 1991. Pop quiz, how old is Michael J. Fox? Ooh, I'll say he is uh, 60. You're very close. He's 61. Oh, I would have been very close and still in the ball game on Mm -hmm. Price is Right. Mm -hmm. Also trending, Jack Nicklaus, of course, he took the first ceremonial shot at the Masters. Next. 60 years after his first green jacket, we proudly welcome back our six-time Masters champion and one of golf's great icons, whose historic record at the Masters has provided some of the tournament's most unforgettable moments. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jack Nicklaus. go and listen for his first shot, but it, it actually took him a few seconds to, well, he's to, old. to wind up. He's old. He's mm-hmm. in his mid-80s. It, it looked like his the ball that he shot actually went to the right. What do you what do you call that? Is that a shank? The fact that he can even move. That'd be a slice. <laughs> a, a slice. Shank. Okay. Jack Nicholas has not sliced since he was about six years old, but he's whatever hell he's got to be in his mid-80s by now. So the fact that he can even move, much less hit the ball, is pretty damn impressive. Also trending this morning, the Colts. They had a private workout with the Kentucky quarterback, Will Levis. It took place yesterday. They brought a whole convoy with them, the GM, the all of the assistant GM, the college director, all of them. The Colts hold the fourth overall pick in the 23 NFL draft. And Will Levis, if they choose him, <laughs> I'm a Colts fan. Uh, you like you think he's attractive? Is that why? That's your deal? I, he looks like he can throw a really good you football. You think he's well-assembled? He can throw Casey, a really any, good football. Anybody? anybody <laughs> Ever uh, anybody ever brought a convoy to you for a job interview with you? You ever had uh, a whole bunch of people? Yeah, just show up. No. That's what about bad. you? No. <laughs> no. Although when I did um, um, apply for the job here, it, they put me through my paces. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, so we've got to, we're gonna do two voicemail segments because we got one just dedicated more to Casey got summoned to jury duty. Mm-hmm. So number she's got to call. She's got to go through the process. And we've had a bunch of people call about um, how to get out of jury duty, how yeah. they ju- pick juries for jury duty, uh, tips, tricks, whatever. But one of the things we've been talking about is what the hell happened to jury during COVID. Right. We had disagreeing answers yesterday. Well, we had one person who called who had no experience. She was just pulling it out of her backside. (laughs) And then somebody who called who was actually on a jury during COVID. But then 
the case got dismissed. I can't remember exactly what happened, but we said, look, if you are a jur- on a jury during COVID, during these periods, I want to know, did they make you go to court? Did they let you be a jury from your home? Could your dog sit in your lap while you sentenced someone to die? What, you know, what happened? And an attorney, guy who was an attorney during COVID called in. Hey guys, I was an attorney during COVID in Marion County. For a while, we had jury trials out at the traffic court out on Washington Street, but that really didn't work out very well. We had some in the city county building downtown, but we ended up having the six-foot distancing for everyone, and it made it where you couldn't have people in the gallery except for the jury. Uh, There were very few juries that went simply because we couldn't get enough jurors to come in or we had people uh, either side parties who were sick with COVID or something else that could have been COVID. So most of them got congested by the court or continued by the parties. Thanks. Bye. I was wondering about that, about the six feet apart, and I assume they had to mask. Yeah. Did they have to show proof of vaccination? <laughs> You we had to funny. show it everywhere else. You, you, sh- you had to show funny. it to go to a restaurant. You're so funny. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, somebody who had an uh, interesting story about getting out of jury duty. Hi, Robin Casey. Hey, a couple of uh, things here. As far as jury duty goes, I was uh, selected, or not selected for a jury, but was interviewed for a jury years ago. I had two small children at the time, and it was a trial of a uh, child abuser. The girl involved was 16 years old and was um, accusing a man of sexually abusing her since the age of four. I told the judge that I could not be impartial because of the fact that I had had two small kids at home, and it was hard to digest that. The judge told me I needed to be able to separate my life from what was going on in the courtroom. So I simply said, fine, he's guilty. And I was excused. <laughs> so you got that. Yeah, I wow. told you, you got to go in there and say, I think everyone's guilty. Yeah. That's interesting. She called it an interview. Like, what are your skills to sit on this jury? You asked me. But that's gross. That's the kind of thing that I, if I have to actually sit on a jury, that's the sort of trial that I don't, well, I don't want to but it, but, it, but it also does show how fragile our society is based on the fact of what if everybody went in and did that? Mm-hmm. What if everybody was like, I don't want to be on a jury. I can't be impartial. Sorry. Yeah. So I'm out. How would it ever work? It really does show the frag- fragility. Mm-hmm. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah. Is that a French word? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think you're fragile. looking for it. Yeah. Fragile. Exactly. Oh, it is not there. That's out of the movie. What's the mo- What's the Christmas the story? Christmas movie? story. I thought he was just pulling that out of his ass. That's a real word. <laughs> no, when he said I, fragile. Must, must no, I French. think he's, he's mispronouncing the word. <laughs> oh, I know it's fragile. <laughs> I believe that's but the I didn't Italian know fr- word. Yeah. The Italian pronunciation. Oh, so fragile <laughs> is a real thing. I thought he was just. <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> I, I really he's don't. He's making that up. Yeah. Kev. I'm just trolling you. <laughs> You're supposed to be the voice of decency. All right, uh, Casey, let's take a break. We have more voicemails, mm-hmm. including a challenge for you oh boy. that I think you're going to want to accept. Okay. Very important, so okay. get ready. All right, I will. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 
31. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Somebody just tweeted to us that they've been summoned for jury duty twice. First time, they were in basic training. Second time, he was in Iraq. So the Army overruled Bean oh, County yeah. both times. Uh, well, that? maybe I could just go enlist, and that'll get me out of jury duty. All right. A uh, lot of voicemails. We spent the last segment playing the ones involving jury duty, mm-hmm. and we'll see how it works out there for you, Casey. Now, Casey, this next voicemail. Yeah. You've been issued a challenge. Oh, boy. And however you handle it is totally up to you. Uh, I had mentioned earlier this week that you had sent me, or not sent me, but showed me a photo of yourself in a bikini. <laughs> And you had done that because... uh, I'd like to let everybody know that Rob and I were about six feet apart when I showed it to you from my camera. Yeah, I saw it. With your perfect vision. So Uh it's... 2010 vision. Okay, go ahead. No, I saw it all. No, it's fine. I've seen the photo. And I'd pointed out, I I really did pressure you into doing that because I had said, well... Mock had done a boudoir, 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 is that how you say that, Mr. World Traveler? Uh, I believe that's correct. (laughs) You don't know anything. You lived in Germany, and you don't have any idea about any of these other languages. I lived in Germany, not France. (laughs) Boudoir. And and she had uh, taken some photos Mm -hmm. of herself or Mm -hmm. her husband, and she showed them to me. And I just thought, you know, we've been partners now for a year, and mm-hmm. I just thought if you had anything you wanted to show me that you now might be a good time to do <laughs> Just kidding. And you showed me, and we talked about it on the air, and, um, well, somebody would like to remind you about some history of blonde female co-hosts during this time slot showing revealing photos of themselves and getting the audience involved. Hey, Rob. Hey, Katie. What is this I hear that there's a bikini photo floating around of Casey and Rob got to see it? We're having flashbacks to just like Mock. Why don't we do an agreement like Mock did? We get the followers up. We get the YouTube chat going. We get the YouTube followers up to a certain mark. And us listeners get to see it. It's only fair. Mock did it. I think Casey should follow into it. You can't leave us all out here hanging, talking about it. We should get to see it, too. Having uh, Rob give the old mask illusion howling at it when he got to see it. We should get to see it, too. Think of all the Hoosiers that it would serve well. <laughs> Love the show, guys. I don't even think I got to see it. I want to call someone a human Petri dish right now. <laughs> so, Casey, look, and this what? is... This is totally up to you. I'm up for the conversation. What are the benchmarks? Well, and it's just decide, you know, how much do you love our audience? There is no... So I think with Mock, mm-hmm. we came up with the parameters of if we got to 100,000 followers on... We had an Insta... I think we had an Instagram thing back then. Mm-hmm. Or, or a Facebook page or whatever it was that, yeah. that she would do. it. We did not get there. Um, so she didn't have to share. No, no. It's you. You can set whatever the benchmarks are, and then if you hit that, you know, mm-hmm. you might say, uh, you know, if we get to, uh, you know, seven thousand viewers at any time on a YouTube mm-hmm. stream or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, you don't have to make the choice right now. You okay. can ponder it over the weekend, right? And uh, right. you know, it's up to you. Okay, come up with the uh, the level. I noticed that Mock put a very high number. Yeah, no, that it's fine. seemed probably intentional to me. Well, I mean, that, 
Like, you know, I can, it doesn't matter to me. As soon as I get a billion followers. Look, it, it doesn't matter to me, Casey, because I've already seen it. So <laughs> I can opt out of this. I've I'm it doesn't matter to me. I'm mm-hmm. just, you just have to decide and mock put a very high number up there, which a lot of us thought, and you can ask Hammer, he saw it too, mm-hmm. really was disrespectful to the audience. Mm-hmm. But you can decide how much you um, <laughs> really care about the audience. You set whatever number that you want to set. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter to us. I, I feel a little pressure here. No, oh, there's little, no pressure. A little peer pressure no, here. No, it's fine. It's, um, you know. I'm not necessarily saying from you. I'm saying from that well, caller. You think about it over the weekend. Okay. And we will. Um, and by the way, if you have any thoughts on maybe what the parameters should be, mm-hmm. because you want the audience to have to earn this. We do need audience participation. You have to give us a little bit to get a little bit. Sure. You can call the hotline 317-684-8444. But, and uh, give us some ideas. Yeah, by the way, he said that it's floating around out there. It's not floating <laughs> around out there. It's in my possession yeah. and my possession sure. alone. No, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, I uh, got a call from a guy who is totally spot on uh, talking about both parties, the Democrats, the Republicans, and how neither of them have any interest in helping you. Talk about holding uh, our politicians accountable. And voting for the Republican Party to put the Republican Party in uh, power, I don't believe it's ever going to happen because I think it's all one big bag of worms, and they're all working for each other. No matter what we vote for, they're going to get what they want. Whether it's Democrats in power, the Democrats do what they want. When the Republicans are in power, the Democrats do what they want. It seems to me that we have a bunch of incompetent people in the whole Republican Party, and uh the only thing they know how to do is take, take, take. Instead of being a servant, they want to be served. Mm. That's my comment. We are a, we are in a sad state of affairs. Well, he's right. Yeah, uniparty. I mean, I think about right now on Facebook, on my Facebook page, I had uh, pointed out how the Capital Chronicle had, had uh, mentioned in a recent article that that Thompson property tax bill which doesn't really help you at all. It's the bare minimum, and they went kicking and screaming. The Senate hasn't even heard the bill yet. We're three weeks left to go in session. The Senate hasn't even heard the bill, much less changes they'd make to it, whatever. Have they even read it? Oh, probably not. And they'll be told Rod Rod and Todd, the Flanders boys, will tell everybody what they're going to do. Rod Bray and Todd Houston, the pro tem of the Senate and the Speaker of the House. And on that thread, our esteemed friend from Seymour. Oh, no. This guy again? Is on there once again, Mm -hmm. and he's fighting with Donald Rainwater. You know who actually gives a damn about you? Donald Rainwater. So he's fighting with Donald Rainwater on your Facebook On my post about how the Senate is not even hearing this bill, Mm -hmm. and Rainwater's on there sticking up for the folks, and Jim Lucas is on there going, well, how would we fund the local governments? We don't want the schools to suffer. Casey and Brownsburg, they're doing like close to $100 million in athletic field facility upgrades you got a referendum uh no they have so much money they they couldn't oh they don't they 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 can't spend they can't spend it all casey okay they don't need the referendum the idea that what what would we do if there were no unreasonable property taxes but this is a republican on there who found a million and a half dollars for himself and his house colleagues for raises who's making 60k plus a year and works three months and doesn't work on Fridays bitching at Donald Rainwater about property taxes. All right, stick around. Special guest. We got a new segment coming up on the show. I'm not even going to tell you who it is. You're going to love it. It's going to be great. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Casey's here at Casey. A few weeks ago, I made an executive decision. Because mm-hmm. we are very fond of going into the weekend on a positive note. Yes, something we try. Something happy, something mm-hmm. to make people smile. Mm-hmm. And I am none of those things. <laughs> okay. I, I finally come to accept my limitations in life, and I said we must do something to bring a smile and a feel-good to the masses. And Well, it's like a Neil Young song, It Came to Me in a Dream. We must find a former Miss Indiana to tell people how to mind their manners. (laughs) And gosh darn it, if I just didn't happen to know one. One landed right in front of you. Her name is Susan Beckwith. She's the 2002 Miss Indiana, and she used to write a column about people minding their manners. How about that for something? I love it. And so she joins us now. How are you, Susan? I'm doing well this morning. Excited to be here and uh, get to see a little bit of your world and, and take part. Yes. We're going to we're going to call the segment "Mind Your Manners" because you used to write a column, right, about weird situations people would find themselves in, maybe uncomfortable situations, and what should they do? Yeah, I used to write for Kit Magazine for many years. It's no longer in publication, but it was a lot of fun. It was called "By the Rules," and we would address social etiquette topics that readers would write in. So hopefully, listeners will do the same, and we'll have an opportunity to tackle some of those social etiquette quandaries. Yeah, so we're going to get to that next week, but we want to get to know you a little bit this week. So let's start with the elephant in the room. You have the great misfortune of being married to Micah. <laughs> or the great, I'm sorry, I meant the great pleasure of being married yes, to Micah. Uh, yes, absolutely. Privilege. So, Micah, how did it work? How, what'd you say to her? Why would she be with you? I, you know, I, I was really good at playing songs on my guitar in my college <laughs> dorm room. I was able to woo her heart mm-hmm. in that moment. I had a good tan. I, I, like, Micah, I like to wakeboard. I picture you being like the guy in Animal House playing "I Gave My Love a Cherry." Uh-huh. <laughs> Where's John Belushi? Yeah. <laughs> to take that no, guitar out of his hands. I don't know what I did to uh, deserve uh, an amazing wife and beautiful wife like I have, but God. Definitely smiled down on me when he brought Susan She's into my She's way too good world. for you. It's like when you 100%. first introduced me to her, I was like, do you mean ex-wife? She figured it out quickly. No, this is my wife. Um, it's, it is. I mean, it, it's amazing. I, I, I always just pray and say, Lord, you know, you know the woman that, you know, is going to work best for me. Like, just bring her into my, into my life. And when I kind of gave it over to the Lord, as it was soon after that, I met Susan. And it just from there, it was, you know. All the way. Well, we no wonder you're always in such a good mood and smiling because she's absolutely beautiful. Thank you. She is. She you're is. so kind. <laughs> and I, I like to say because she was Miss Indiana by default, that makes me yes. Mr. Indiana. Yes. Mr. Indiana. <laughs> he was great. He was very supportive of that whole journey. And that's actually, you know, kind of what ended up leading to starting my business was the whole Miss Indiana journey and had the opportunity to go to Miss America. But through that, I actually received a scholarship uh, to Ball State and graduated. 
graduated with my master's in family and consumer science, and then after. So let me let me ask you about that. How do you get to be Miss India? Susan Beckwith is our guest. We're starting a new segment next week called Mind Your Manners. It's going to take difficult, interesting social situations, and Susan is going to work through what the etiquette is. So, like, uh, but, but uh, we'll get to that in a moment. But okay. Tell us about being Miss Indiana. How do you get to do that? Well, actually, it was a really wild story. I was walking through my dorm room, and I saw a flyer that said that the college was sponsoring any female student that participated $250 just for being in it. So I was like, wait, if I... Easy money. Yeah, <laughs> just for showing up. And so I thought, that'll cover my books. And so I competed and ended up uh, winning. It was a local title called Miss Huntington. So you have to win a local, mm-hmm. and then you go to the state. And How do you, you win? So there's various areas of competition. There's uh, interview, talent, evening gowns, Ooh, what's swimsuit. Your talent? Uh, I sing. She's got oh. a killer voice. Really? Yeah. Well, we're going to get to that in a second about who she sang for. She sang for royalty, for dignitaries, even Donald Trump. Really? Yeah. What'd you sing for him? So I'm a bit of a one-hit wonder these days, but I do the anthem a lot. So it was for one of his rallies. Actually, that was in uh, down in Terre Haute, and it was probably my favorite time that I've ever had the opportunity and the honor to sing. It was just the so electric mm-hmm. in the room. So that was that was great. But yes. And going back to the pageants, though, Rob, this is you'll get a kick out of this. I didn't know what I was walking into. We were dating at the time, and she said, "Hey, I'm competing in this local pageant." And this war, it's a whole world in in and of itself. Like these people take it super seriously. So I I just show up at the high school auditorium. I'm no joke. I'm in holy ripped jeans. I have a beanie on and a t shirt that I that I took a, a marker and said good luck Susan on a white t shirt. And I I thought it was like the county fair like I, that we were going. And these people were in tuxes and evening gowns. I was like oh wow I'm I need to leave now like i don't fit in here at all so i got a really a big dose of reality but it was it was a lot of fun watching kind of susan's progression through the miss indiana so system you, so you win a local competition and then yes. you go to the state championship so you go to the state competition which would be miss indiana so my very first year i placed fourth runner-up and then i i wasn't sure if i would you know pursue oh, you it come again back. yeah well I, d- I didn't the next year i just really focused on school but the year after that the year i was graduating from college i decided you know what i really feel like the lord has opened the doors for us to try again and that's the year You're that like i michael won. jordan you took a year <laughs> off and came <laughs> back and won the championship yeah, that's right. <laughs> she, she did not go play minor league baseball though so uh, that <laughs> okay. was, so yeah. if you win the state competition you go on to miss america so i i felt very honored just to have made it to that stage sadly i did not win or or place but it was a really amazing opportunity and experience. But through that, I got scholarship dollars that allowed me to to, to get my master's. So it was great. It actually paid for the, the entirety of my master's program. What's the Miss America pageant like? Well, it's wild because, you know, you have women from all over the country and, you know, especially the, the gals in the South. I mean, it's like a sport down there mm-hmm. and it's a whole, I mean, you you have ones that have been competing since they were little, little. That was not my experience, but I actually met a lot of really nice ladies and it was, it was great fun. We went to Vegas for the first week and then they bust us all. To, well, excuse me, we went to LA for the first week and then the second week we were uh, in Las Vegas. You know, it was interesting, like there are some moms of 
pageant contestants that will sabotage other contestants. Like they no. will sneak in. Oh yeah, I they do will not remember. Oh any yes, of you this. told me this. I, I, you said that there were there were moms that would take one shoe, like one. No. One, yes, you said. You told me this. <laughs> there are things. There are things that women do to their. Uh, I don't. I, their their. I, how do you say it? Like cleavage that mm-hmm. like boosts it up more. Yeah. That I had no tape. clue. T- tape. Yes. Yeah. Who does? You know that, that as a trick, Casey. <laughs> There's all kinds of tricks Susan, in the trade. Susan, this seems to be an etiquette situation. Yes, we're, we're, for we're, mind we're, your manners, we're getting off yes, to a big start we are. Here. Are we allowed to talk about cleavage on radio? You're the pastor. So I don't know. I'm more worried about you. <laughs> it's his wife, though. But I am I am hoping to bring more fun and approachability to a topic that a lot of people feel is antiquated mm-hmm. and you know outdated, but I do feel is still so relevant today. And that chivalry is not dead. And, uh, you know, just even a good review sometimes on, you know, decorum. Okay, so next week. Is next week the one we're doing Facebook? Is that what we're coming out of the gate with? Yes. Oh, my gosh, Casey. I'm we're going to so, start with social media. I'm huh? so excited for this. So <laughs> Susan is going to help us on. Tell, tell us what we're going to do next week because I love this. So you're coming with an A-plus topic right out of the gate. Well, we're going to talk about the etiquette of unfriending Oh, on oh, social media. There's etiquette to that? I thought it was just unfriend. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so you know, long, sucker. Just <laughs> some discussion about that because Mute. obviously, you know, uh, queen of etiquette Emily Post you know mm-hmm. she that was obviously not something that was even addressed you know mm-hmm. decades who, ago who but who is Emily Post she's kind of the you know the person that everybody thinks of when you think yeah, about oh, Sandra Barrow did you know yeah. that Rob mm-hmm. sure <laughs> <laughs> Do, I will be learning as we go my friend so this be will learn- be really interesting Susan because as many people know I'm not a huge fan of Facebook so I don't have a problem with just unfriending or not going but you're saying a lot of people struggled with this and if you do what's the nice way of doing it yes we're going to talk about unfollow versus unfriend Mm -hmm. and you know and there's a lot of layers to that we've had some discussions with uh, friends and they're like like you Casey where Mm -hmm. it's kind of like I I don't even really give a lot of thought to it it's like what's the big deal I think it really depends on kind of the relation the prior relationship Mm -hmm. if there's a lot of history there what the potential ramifications will be you know from that if if you make that decision and so uh, yeah yeah, we're going to get into that. And, you know, we have something kind of outlined for, you know, the next several weeks. But I would certainly love to hear from listeners if there's something that they would love to to discuss and sure. address. Yeah. I'm so excited for this. And now we can say, <laughs> well, not only is our show number one in the key demo, but we also have a Miss Indiana on our show. Oh, so right. What do we know? Exactly. I do have to make one correction. Oh, uh-oh. Yes. I am um, a former Miss Indiana from 2005. Oh, it's 2005? What You're you aging said, her. You exactly. said 2002 That's not cool. Earlier. That's you put, not you cool. Put, you put age did on I her. Age? Did I say uh-huh. 2002? You're an <laughs> you ageist. You did. Rob. Well, so you're... we're going to get into that. When you get Miss Age, how do you handle it? I, I love the professional podcaster guy over here is lecturing me on how to do a number one rated radio show. <laughs> no, I love you guys. I have been a loyal listener for a very long time. Did so. I really say 2002? You it's did. Okay. You did. It's okay. It's okay. I just don't so want far, that Miss Indiana to not you receive are, recognition. You are not that old. Hey, I'm sorry. Thank you. You guys, uh, Susan does listen to you guys like religiously. She's it, the one. It's amazing. Like I will, I like we'll be 
brushing our teeth in the morning. She's got your podcast, like the mm-hmm. rerun of yesterday's show. I'm like, listen, I love Rob, and I love it. Casey's not a problem, but I love Rob. But do we have to listen to his voice like at seven o'clock in the morning? Well, you know, I was telling my colleagues yesterday. I said, you know what, I really appreciate is that they cover national news, which is so important, but also state news. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, it really helps keep me in the know on what's happening and what's not happening. Unfortunately, well, I feel like Rob, you're going to get some big lessons oh, yes. starting next Friday. With <laughs> Mind your manners and so, Susan Beck. With, yeah, huh? I'm going to be so mannery. Uh-huh. So now with this beautiful face <laughs> oh, and our number so one mannery. ratings, I'm going to be with perfect manners too. Guys, we're so excited about this. Casey, take us to the weekend. All right. And I would like to put Susan on the spot, back up from that microphone, start belting it out, the anthem, as we close out the show. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. Good job. And we're going to count on you to be back here Monday. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Happy Easter. Oh, you want me to really sing? I really do. (laughs) Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light What so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets regular the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there oh say does that star spangled banner